whatever Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sitting in my office with Nick Cleveley. This is going to be awesome. No Wi-Fi required. Stay tuned. Face to face. Face to face. <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome in that, uh, and hopefully this comes out. It makes the tech scene a little bit more complicated, but I think we've got it. I think this is sounding okay. No and lag time. No lag. So we could just talk. We're sitting in my office and just chilling, and we've just had a FRB. CNZ. Um, in, FRBC in NZ. In NZ, not of NZ. And uh, we just had a meeting. Just uh, It was great. Uh, Kendall, it was it was amazing. It was the best meeting ever. <laughs> there you yeah, go, you Kendall. Would, you would definitely want in on this meeting. It was great, but you can't have it because you're not in New Zealand. So mm. there's one oh, way yeah. to solve that problem. You could just come down and. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was great just hanging out with the guys. We got about how many churches in the fellowship right now? Eight or nine. Yeah, so it's just super intimate, super. You so know, the church is applying West Church plant mm-hmm, or West mm-hmm. Church, and then there's another one that's lined up, which would be South City Reform Baptist. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, look, it's a handful of pastors, which is just so cool. So we met in a coffee shop and just kind of chilling out, and then we went into uh, just you know pray and catch up, and yeah. I like it. It's not officially meant to be a fraternal meeting, but it comes, it feels that way, you know. Great um, to be able to pray with one another, share news. Yeah, and um, and uh, just get to see people again, you know, just to connect with some dudes. I mean, you realize everyone's in the trench, and you you, you see them whenever, see them once or twice a year, and and it's just it's a sweet time. Um, so, the, dude, just a quick question. Yeah, there is a saw above your head, mm. and it says, "Oh, death." Mm-hmm. What's that all about? Well, it was um, it's above my head because it reminds me death is coming. And it's kind of like a uh, Jerome thing where he had the skull on his desk. You know that story? Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. So he had a big point. skull on his desk just to remind him of death and whatnot and just labor under the the, 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 the reality that time is getting sawed away. I thought it was like maybe some lyrics, saw death. Well, you know, oh, death. You know that one? That sounded terrible. Sing it again. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually need my. I need oh, my death. Breath. Where is your sting? I get that. I need uh, my brother online. <laughs> uh, he, he would be able to come through for me. Uh, he does this super awesome. Oh, death! No, I'm not, not going to go there. Um, but uh, Ari Blino. Yes. You know him. Blachnot. Blachnot. He. Um, they are dear friends of ours and uh yeah, he's yeah. one of the founding founding members of our church and uh well it wasn't technically around when we found it but it kind of feels <laughs> that way and uh, they head up the 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 worship team at GraceNet the church that I'm pastoring and um and they you know they're just they're just so awesome but it, Ari, looks, it looks like an Ari thing you got to exactly. take a photo of that put so, it on uh, yeah put I it on Instagram so Ari, Ari is just a master craftsman on all things and then very creative and and just uh, makes cool things that would be good on a t-shirt oh death well <laughs> we are talking t-shirts we need to be thinking gear for a two-age sojourner so maybe that's one of them um but yeah it's one of my more treasured possessions there it is yeah so yeah that's the story, man. We're just, I can't, so nice, so nice not to be online. Yes. I like it. All right. So listen, whatever Wednesday 
uh, we're just hanging, we're just talking, but uh, it we, we did end up talking a little bit about, about something that is kind of being talked about right now. That's right, Joshua yeah. Harris. Joshua Harris. Yeah. Sad stuff. Um, but, you know, and I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but at the same time, you know, it probably does deserve a comment or two. He, um, I've, yeah, I never, I never really bought in, to be honest. So that's why, it, it, from that perspective, it's not been a, it's not been a big thing for me, um, just to see. Oh, some guy that really framed my theology or shaped my theology is now, is now, um, you know, abandoned the faith. That was more a Jason Stellman thing for me. Um, this is, this is kind of like, wow, that's that seems like a charismatic version of dating, to be honest. That was always my impression. It's just too, too gung ho and just too. Well, it's very legalistic. Nuanced, so you, legalistic. you couldn't hold hands. Couldn't kiss, couldn't fall in love with someone that you weren't going to marry. So it was a bunch of rules. Yeah, and set just up. five seconds talking to a guy who bought in on that system, um, you know, it just drove me nuts because it's like oh, all the semantics had to be right and uh, dating, courtship, this, that, yeah, that. Yeah. And you just come on, you know, get get a grip. You know, it just doesn't work like that. Bible in real doesn't life. talk about. You got to use wisdom, common sense. Yeah, yeah, and. There was also, I mean, I didn't want to make this the thing, but just I don't know. I suppose having. Um, Coming in, uh, just coming into the church, uh, coming into Christianity, coming into the church, and then and then meeting my wife, and and you know not having any of that on the radar yet, and yet just sort of basically being led in in a way, just basically, hey guys, don't have sex, yep. you know, um, keep it real, you know, stay accountable, and you know, get married as, as soon as you can, amen. Just nice and simple, and just realizing even as I've moved on from that point that dating life is just not that sterile you can't just do that you know you can i'm all about purity but you know just to try and categorize things the way he did i don't know just i i never bought in i mean yeah. obviously the basic thrust of the whole thing is fun you know i knew a guy who uh he had gone to he was in a large charismatic church and they yeah. had really bought into this i uh, kissed dating goodbye thing mm -hmm. and so the elders made it a point of church discipline mm -hmm. to control dating and so you there was a mandatory amount of time for dating uh, couldn't be too long, couldn't be too short. There was mandatory things that you couldn't, couldn't do. That's crazy. You always had to be chaperoned. Mm. So the guy got married. <clears throat> and because of the lack of being able to talk and really work through some issues early on in his, in his uh, during the time he was engaged and so on, um, it turns out that she had been a victim of sexual abuse. Yeah. And um, there were all sorts of issues that she was dealing with. Basically what happened was he was blindsided by a bunch of the stuff because they had been so distant during their, their time of dating mm. that they weren't even able to get to the bottom of some of the ah, stuff. So see, when it hit him, nuts. Yeah. it hit him hard. They ended up actually getting divorced. Mm. Um, now, that's not to say that there isn't enough grace in God to work through those issues within mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. But um, it could have been a lot better if they had not been so controlled by the church, by outsiders, and uh, had a lot more time to get down to the bones yeah. of of you know, their relationship. Absolutely. And that's half the problem. I mean, to try and keep it so neat and clean and sterile. I mean, yeah, you might get into trouble. I remember being in India and uh, it wasn't a Joshua Harris version of this, but at the end of the day, the, um, you know, you had a bunch of guys that were so concerned about whether their wives were, would make good ministry, you know, accompaniments, you know, would yeah. she be a good minister's wife was the big, you know, bunch of pastors or at least uh, seminary students, and they were just besotted with this question. You know, I'd ask her, you know, so, so, so a guy would tell me, hey, I am, um, 
I am super excited. I'm dating this girl and, you know, or just whatever language, let's leave aside the dating terminology, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm courting this girl and, um, and we're going to get married soon. I'm like, Oh great. That's awesome. Do you like her? And she make a great minister's wife. Oh. And, and you just, I don't know, like, even if it's just part of the language that they used, you just know you're in trouble. Yeah. You've got to just get a little bit closer than that. And there's a real thing about that. And no one's advocating any kind of immorality or just overextend. I mean, dude, I got a daughter. I want her to, you know, she's going to stay <laughs> the heck away from any uh, yeah. guy. So, but, but at the same time, like when it comes down to marriage, I mean, you just want to talk to the guy. You want to be yeah. sure you're attracted to him. Well, you that's wanna... religious objectification. You know, some it, people yeah. look at women's bodies for porno- uh, pornography purposes. Right. Others look at women for... Religious ministry purpose. Yeah, wow. It's just another form of objectification. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then just, I suppose, just, yeah, I mean, you know, get, getting cranked through this, like, courting system and having this weird sort of like, wow, now you're married. I don't know. It just seems eerie to me. But at the same time, I don't want to be funny about it. I mean, there's a good way to do it. And many people have gone yeah. through a very, very pure, perhaps overly zealous sort of culture process and, and have come out well on the other side. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're married, you're married, you make it work, you know? And look, I think you've got to honor your parents. Yeah. That's yeah. a real principle. If you're young enough to uh, to have to give an account to them to get their permission and so on, you've got to honor your church elders. You've mm-hmm. got to do it in a way that's honoring to the Lord, that's sexually pure. So there are some good broad principles, but there's totally. no textbook on exactly how it should be mapped The big out. thing for me on the, if there's any distinction to be made in terms of courtship and dating. Uh, not that I care too much about those terms per se, but I think this bears out. It's real in that, you know, when we think dating, we do think, you know, marriage is not the goal necessarily at all in any sort of sense in the world. Um, but courtship, it does, it does turn the dial up a little bit. And so for that reason, if, if, and I think this is a biblical deal, if marriage is the goal, then you're good. You know, that's basically yeah. the thing. Like, so are you willing to get into something that could very well lead to marriage? Because yeah. that's why you're doing it. Well, I, I guess the, the general principle is no casual relationships. You're not looking to use people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean there are friendships, mm-hmm. which are legitimate, mm-hmm. which can be boys and girl friendships, which obviously need to be protected and guarded. And But it's not illegal. It's not sinful. Mm-hmm. And we don't use the slippery slope argument to say that, that it can't happen. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to make the rules of men the rules of God. Mm-hmm. But, there we uh, go. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So at that level, totally read the book, fine, whatever. Um, but you know, okay, <laughs> well, not so, that book. Not that book. No, I mean, I don't know. I would still, yeah, yeah, it probably well, wouldn't I mean, be the best. The reason I say don't read the book is because it's been disowned by the author. So I, for those of you who don't know what's been happening with Joshua Harris online, so he came out about three years ago. The book is called I, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Goodbye. But right. he, so that he wrote that when he was twenty-one. He's now forty-ish now. <clears throat> right. And uh, so about three years ago, he said, "Look." I've never been to Bible college. I need to step out of the ministry, go to Bible college. Hmm. So he did that. Everyone's then going, well, not that's too long okay. ago, he announced that he was separating from his wife. Then shortly after that, he announced that he is leaving his Christian faith. Hmm. And then uh, the latest is he, he's, had, uh, he's put up some photographs on Instagram where he's been participating in an LGBT march. Hmm. And uh, so he's gone right from hyper-legalist to the other extreme. Yeah. Well, it might be helpful to um, to read some of that stuff directly from what his what he said there. Um, yeah, just so to get some two things that this. stuck out to me as I was because um, he he put a post. Um, Harris Josh uh, on Instagram. He says this. Um, so let me maybe just read the two pertinent portions. So mm-hmm. he talks about his gratitude to people who are thinking of him, praying for him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he says this, and, and just listen out for his definition on grace, and maybe that's something we could talk about. Mm-hmm. I am learning that no group has the market cornered on grace. Mm. This week I've received grace from Christians, atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Mm. So what does he mean there by grace and how, what, what are his, what are the assumptions in the use of his word grace? There? Yeah. He means kindness. Uh, he means, uh, care. Yeah. Non judgmental word, you know, at that level, I suppose it has a semantic <clears throat> overlap with, you know, what, what is meant in Christian terminology. But at, at the end of the day, you can't have grace. No. Like, like it's, it's, it's disingenuous to no use God, the word no in grace. that context. Yeah, Exactly. And, um, no definition of sin, no grace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, he keeps going, right, with the whole, by all accounts, I'm not a Christian or... Yeah, so he owns it. Um, he says, um, the information that was left out of our announcement when he announced that he was leaving his wife is that I've undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. A popular mm. phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phase is falling away. Mm. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Hmm. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith. Hmm. Uh, and I want to remain open to this, but I am not there now. Hmm. So, I mean, let's appreciate the fact that he's being completely open. Totally. He's, yeah. not, he's not dressing it up. He's not trying to do a Rob Bell. He's not trying to do a halfway house. Yeah. He's just owning it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe, and he's honest enough to, to say that, and that's great. Hmm. Um, Is he part of a church at the moment when when this all happened? Or do you think he had long since... I don't know what his membership... I don't know where his membership is. I wonder, what do you do? Would you uh, church discipline (laughs) this situation? Or is it a take him off the roll? I think it's a take him off the roll kind of thing. Because you you only discipline those who who confess to be Mm. Christians. Mm. Not those who say... Well, we should actually make that a theology Thursday. That's true. This, we'll delay. We'll delay that one. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe just one other thing to to pull out. And this is what stood out for me is his definition on repentance. So, his definition of grace without God and grace without sin is it's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. That's a Christian word. It's he's borrowing something from his theology that can no longer stand. Um, and so, I think that's worth just thinking about because some mm. people who have a Christian background will hear that and think, well. He's still using Christian jargon. Mm. He's not using it the way we mean it. Totally. And likewise with repentance. Listen to what he says here. Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Mm-hmm. That was uh, thesis number one, mm-hmm. 95 thesis. Mm-hmm. There's beauty in that sentiment, regardless of your view of God. I have lived in repentance for the past several years. Yeah. Repenting of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in the church, my approach to parenting, to name a few. But I specifically want to add to this list now to the LGBTQ plus community. I want to say that I'm sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality and so on. Hmm. And um, I guess I would want to level the same critique here. The word repentance is towards God. Hmm. Not just, I mean, in one sense, we can use it as a non-technical phrase for doing a 180 on anything we once used to believe. Right. But let's not borrow Martin Luther. Yeah, seriously. Let's not make it sound like, yeah. you know. There's something sanctified about it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing there is, well, I know what Van Til would say. <laughs> you know, he'd just be, you know, like, listen, on what grounds do you feel sorry about anything? And what is the problem over here anyway? And, yeah. what, you know, how do you determine right from wrong? You know, you've essentially 
cut the, the, the branch off. So how do you plan on sitting on this tree? And, um, and yeah, I think, I think probably like he owns it and it, and then he doesn't own it, which is, which is a little bit dangerous. Um, and it would be so much better if he just said, right, listen, here's the bottom line. I've abandoned the faith. Uh, I really don't have time for Christian lingo anymore. You know, here's what's going on. Here's how I feel. Yeah. Sorry for being a douche. I was a Christian. Now I'm not a douche anymore. Christians are douches, you know, and then just nice and simple. Yeah. But it gets, it gets, um, it gets, yeah, it becomes almost a winsome sort of openness, you know, and and you know what, what you know what it is for me. It's, it's the second commandment without the first commandment. Right. Love your neighbor, but if you if you love your neighbor without loving God, so you don't have God's law, you don't have God's definition. Second summary versus the first summary. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, it's, yeah. it's the second without the first, which becomes a new idolatry, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. So now it's 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 a loving of man because he looks. I mean, look, he's smiling, he's hugging people. Uh, yeah. There's, there's yeah. rainbow flags. He's eating a rainbow donut. He's wearing a rainbow shirt, mm. and he's smiling and he's happy and he's hugging people, mm. but not the Lord. Yeah. Wow. Brutal. Brutal. And, um, you know, man, apostasy is real, yeah. you know, and that's uh, and, uh, the, that. the striking thing is here. So, I mean, 21 years old, he writes a book mm. because of his fame. He gets put into a church where apparently apostates had fallen into sexual immorality, mm. a longstanding ministry, probably with a lot of pressures. And maybe there was a, a, a restraining grace in being in ministry, mm. which didn't reveal his underlying apostasy. We're of the theology that says that. They went out from us because they were never of us. Yeah. And so if you look at the parable of the sower, you've got four types of hearts there. Mm-hmm. The first one is stolen away as soon as it's heard. There's no response to the gospel. Mm-hmm. The second one springs up, but persecution causes it to fall away. Mm-hmm. The third one springs up. And after a while, the thorns choke it out. Mm-hmm. And it's only the fourth one that's truly born again. It talks about uh, knowledge and understanding. Mm. And it bears fruit. And so... If Joshua Harris has turned away from the Lord, so never to repent, mm. then even if it's a 20-year progress of, of growing up and then the thorns killing, mm. you know, Jesus talks about these types of people in the Word. Mm. Sobering, terrifying, sends you back to that It does that parable. And, you know, you, again, you just got to keep a watch on your life and your doctrine. Yeah. And, in, you know, if you do these things, you will save both yourselves <laughs> and your years. Amen. The opposite of that is... You don't save yourselves. You cause a lot of people to get to to stumble, and you're in a scary place at that point. So, I mean, wow. And so the regenerate heart would have a sense of fear and seems mm. they would be deeply disturbed. Mm. They would be a little bit angry and upset. They would mm. feel let down, like he's let down the team that mm-hmm. they stand for in Christ. Mm-hmm. But there would also be a sense of searching their own hearts. Totally. You know, Lord. <laughs> Am I going to be one of these? Right, right, Save right. me. Yeah. Hold on to me. Right. Lord, don't let me go. Don't let don't let me let you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that that would be the response of the regenerate heart. Totally. Yeah. And uh, you know, he talks about the fact that he feels it's just the last part. He says um he talks about uh, Christians praying for him and mourning and he says I can't join in your mourning. I don't view this moment negatively. Mm. I feel very much alive and awake and surprisingly hopeful. Mm. You know, and it just saddens me that there's no sense of fear or terror. And he, he, he would say that was something he's repented of. Yes, yes. But, um, you know, the Holy Spirit has taught us. Uh, it's convinced us of sin, righteousness, and yeah. judgment. We know there's a real judgment. And Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade man. Uh, you just nailed it right there. I mean, that's it. Knowing the ter- I mean, it's terrifying. 
it's terrifying. And, and you know, you don't want to come across like, hey, I've arrived. I'm, I'm not, this is, I'm in no way in, in um, trouble here and I can never possibly get into the space. But there's something about that fear factor that yeah. that grips you, that makes you, I don't know, I feel it's somewhat comforting to me in that I just I can't, Im- I mean, look, I've been there already, you know, before I was a Christian, I was there, I was, I was running rainbows and eating donuts and, and no worries, you know, <laughs> but, but it's just, it's something happened, you know, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's something there that I just couldn't imagine. I can imagine me failing morally. I can imagine, uh, you know, all sorts of, you know, me just yeah. letting it run down, but I can't imagine that fear and terror going away. Um, that, that I don't, I didn't think is, is something that we have to have to try and get rid of in the Christian life. It's that moral compass. It's well, isn't it the, the Holy Spirit, right? the ministry of the spirit? To our hearts, in our sin, faithful to it's, us. It's really the renewing of our hearts in, in natural law, I suppose, to some degree, in that this is the thing that is that revealed do. that we should yeah. automatically just worship God for, but um, we don't, and the Spirit comes and rewrites yeah. our hearts. Conscience so. and the Spirit agree. But, you know, we got to just fall to our knees at these points. There are good moments to just, uh, again, but it's almost like you, you just want to channel that self-introspection in a direction yeah. that... Not not doesn't leave you going. Okay, well, is this me? Isn't this me? But more more just just no one who comes to Jesus saying, "Lord, hold me," because I can't make it to the end, is ever going to get. <laughs> Lord, help mine. Yeah, yeah. It's just not going to happen. I, I think something else I'd want to say is this: you know, if you are shaken by this, if you're a Christian and this has shaken you, <laughs> if you're looking at this celebrity and you see a celebrity fall, hmm. the Bible the Bible explains this to you. Hmm. They went out from us because they were not of. Mm. Don't see this as destroying the Bible and destroying your faith, but rather as confirming. Yeah, Bible talks about you know the the very real reality of those who confess the Lord who yeah. appear to be disciples falling away. Mm-hmm. And um, and and it just it, yeah it testifies to the reality of what John saw and said and the yeah. Spirit led him to say and you know what we must in some sense be ready for. So mm. so yeah, that's good. All right. Well, there's some thoughts on uh, whatever Wednesday. Sad topic, but uh, necessary to look at at some level. Um, good. Well, we've already given some clues and inklings of what's coming next, but stay with us for uh, Thursday Theology tomorrow if you're interested. Um, otherwise, have a great day. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.